Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, conversations designed to help you as you live, learn, and lead through pain. And now the host of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, Davey Blackburn. Hello and welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. I'm your host, Davey Blackburn. Joined with me in the studio, my good friend, Emily Schiltz. Hey. Good to see you again. Good to You're see you You're always so sheepish. Hey. Hi. Hey. Hi. <laughs> Hello out there. <laughs> oh, man. We have a phenomenal interview for you today. Part two, actually, with Amber, yeah. Amanda's sister, and Robin Byers, Amanda's mom. And uh, last episode, part one, was mm-hmm. just awesome. Yeah. I mean, holy cow. I I feel like I took so much from that, just sitting in that interview, just hearing them process, hearing them talk about even the faithfulness of God in the midst of it. Mm -hmm. What were some of the things you took out of that, Em? Man, I had my notebook out the whole time (laughs) taking notes, so make sure you guys do this next section too, for real. Um, But I think uh, just like the practical tools yeah. um, that both Amber and Robin were talking about um, that helped them work through grief and loss, like yeah. the things that have helped them. Um, I think those are all tools that we can apply, yeah. you know, um, no matter what you're processing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we talk about with like premarital counseling, what we're trying to do with couples is give them tools for their tool belt yeah. for when they walk into marriage mm-hmm. and the difficulties and the strains and stuff. And the same thing is true for this podcast for you when you're trying to navigate your trial, your valley of the shadow of death, mm-hmm. your difficult circumstance. We just want to put tools in your tool belt. Yep. And we want to just be practical and be very helpful. And so part two of this is going to be very helpful as well. Mm-hmm. So why don't we take a listen? All right. Welcome back to our part two of the conversation with Amber and mom. Um, we talked at the beginning of this conversation. You can go back and listen to that episode just about how we're processing through stuff and how you process through some of your emotions as you walk through trial, grief, tragedy, pain. And um, it's great to have mom and Amber back on the podcast. And I want to, I want to kick off this segment and talk a little bit about change that you each have noticed in your life. Um, obviously, nothing is wasted. Yeah, means for people out there that God's going to use this to impact people out there. But he's also doing something in us, and he does something in you before he does something through you in the midst of your trial. And so why don't you each talk a little bit around the idea of how you've seen God change you? What is some change that you've seen? Maybe from, you know, how are you different from before Amanda passed? to now after? What are some differences that you see in yourself? This is a really broad question because I feel like looking back on 18 months of, oh, there's just, there's so many things and I feel like God has truly, truly changed me. Um, But before this happened, I will say one thing that I noticed about myself was um, I was truly, completely unaware of hurt and Mm. pain. Mm-hmm. that other people were going through. And I honestly believe it's because this sounds so, it might sound bad coming out, but I truly felt like my life was perfect up until that point yeah. overall. There were definitely things that were hard, things that our family went through, but overall, like everybody was healthy. Right. Um, I remember, you know, Angela and Amanda and I were all pregnant together yeah. and we're all having healthy babies. And um, I have both sets of grandparents. I just felt like there was this cloud of like graciousness over our yeah. family that made me very unaware to the pain that other people were going through. And with Facebook now, you can read things that people are going through and people passing away. You you can you can see it and you are yeah. much more um it's just out there in front of you. But I remember reading through and thinking, oh, that's so sad. Oh, mm-hmm. how sad. And then you just move on with your life and your right. day and so before that, I know for a fact that that was something that um, that I was very unaware of. And I will never forget, it kind of like came to light. And this this goes back to just how kind of like the perspective that God has just, man, he brought it to me one day. And I, Amanda was due, I think she was due August 2nd. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend who, she had one little boy and she was pregnant and found out that um, he had a disorder where he just, his, his brain wasn't going to be able to, he wasn't going to be able to sustain life outside of the womb. And yeah. so, um, she had written this little thing on Facebook. I went to college with her, Amanda knew her and, 
I just was so touched by that. And I think it was because Amanda is getting ready to have her first baby. Yeah. I have two children and I was so like, I was so excited for Amanda. And at the same time, I'm broken over this. Like, I can't imagine it. And when you right. have kids, you start to like put yourself in that position. And I remember thinking, how do you like go through pregnancy knowing you're never going to hold your baby? Mm. And so even if the baby survived and she was able to deliver, um, they said it could just be days, it could be minutes, it could be seconds. Um, and then there's still obviously that chance that he won't survive anyway. So I kind of had, I started messaging her and I remember calling Amanda and saying, Amanda, please just pray. Um, I asked, I just asked her how I could specifically pray for her. And she said, Amber, I'm just asking God that I will be able to hold my baby alive. Mm. Um, even if it's just for a really short time, my family wants to be there and we would just, it would just mean a lot to me. And so I remember calling Amanda and saying, Amanda, just, this is what she's asking. Just if you could just pray. And I didn't even really want to share it with Amanda cause she's, you know, she was due a week before mm -hmm. and I just didn't want her to worry. And, but that was just so touching to me. Um, so obviously I get to be in the delivery room right. with Amanda, greatest, literally the greatest, <laughs> one of the greatest days of my entire life. It was <laughs> so cool. And, um, as I recall, you were taking pictures, I and was, videos all over. I think over. I was doing I'm everything. Like, I'm not sure. You were coaching. I think you pretty much delivered the baby. You're like, <laughs> move over, doc. Davey and I, we, we rallied with her. That was fun. I mean, she, <laughs> I was she so was nervous. So I was going to the bathroom to pee every five minutes. Yes, I was so nervous. It was, oh, it was, it was just so great. That's great. But I remember even, messaging her, I was sitting at the kitchen table. Amanda had texted me and said, you texted me, Davey, and said, Amanda's water broke. She's vacuuming, trying to get like, some last minute things right. before In our house, leave. vacuuming. Yes. I run out, throw all of our luggage in the car, come back in, yep. and she's vacuuming. I can what, see what her. What are you doing? Vacuuming the fans. And So I'm sitting at the kitchen table with Mama. It's like 2.30 in the morning, and I'm just waiting for you guys to let me know when you're going to the hospital so I can meet you over there and Mama and I were talking through just how I was like, I can't believe this is happening. I cannot. I feel like I'm having a baby. And then the, in that moment, I just thought about my friend and how mm. in a week she's going to be going through the same thing and just the drastic difference of pure joy and like pure tragedy, just yeah. not. And I think I messaged her at 2.30 in the morning and just said, I am praying for you. I know what you're about to experience. And just so you know, we're praying for you. So, um, a week later, I think it was maybe two weeks later, she has a scheduled C-section. She goes in, they deliver this baby boy. They named him Miles and mm. he lived for, I think, 56 hours. Wow. So it was just this incredible, like she was so thankful, but I watched her walk through probably one of the hardest times in her entire life yeah. and everything she, that came out of her mouth, anything she wrote, anything she said, somehow gave this incredible glory back to God wow. and just this... It was like she had gratitude that I don't know. But was, she got to hold her baby for yeah, two and a half instead days. Instead of wow. focusing on this incredible loss, she just had this perspective that I I thought to myself, if this ever happens to me, yeah. I hope yeah. I could walk through this in this way. And so a year later, um, on Miles, it was his one year anniversary, she wrote just the sweetest thing about him being in heaven. And mm. I messaged her and I told her, I just said, I want you to know you have impacted my life more than anyone. I have watched you walk through tragedy and, and give God glory and credit. And I want to, if that ever, if we ever experience that, I want wow. to, that to be me. And that was in August of 2015. Wow. So August 11th. And then three months later, yeah, we go through this incredible mm -hmm. tragedy. And I remember on the one year anniversary of Amanda's death. So it was November 11th, 2016. My friend sends me this awesome. It was, it was basically what I had written to her. Wow. She sends it back to me and says, just so you know, I think you're doing a great job. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was just, oh man, I'm just thankful for people. Um, people have truly changed me through this process too. Um, people have reached out to us, but, oh, I don't know. That was just a really overwhelming yeah. moment for me to look back and see I don't know. Well, you're able just... to you're able to empathize with people a mm -hmm. lot better. Mm -hmm. You're able to really step into their pain because you know mm -hmm. not necessarily exactly how they feel, but you know what it, what it feels like to hurt. You know what it feels like to have the rug pulled out from under you. And you know what at least some semblance of what they're going through. And um, 
it's just cool. I don't even know if this is, I don't know if this is theologically correct, but I like to think <laughs> about these kinds of things. Like I like to think about Amanda up there, like holding Evie, you know, and like maybe even getting to like heavenly adopt miles, you know? And like, well, and she said that wait. to me, she yeah. said, I love to imagine that Amanda's taking care of him up there yeah. because you know, he doesn't have a mom in heaven. Yeah. He's got his mom's here. And it's, it's just moments like that, that mm. pers- it's just such a perspective shift mm. and change. Mm. And I want to be that for people. Um, I want to be an encouragement. I, I obviously want to walk through it in a way where people say, I hope if that ever happens to me, I want to walk through it this way. Yeah. But I also want to come around people and, and again, Facebook, I can see hurt. I mean, you yeah. just, you can read it. I can, mm. I can be at home playing with my kids. Um, and read about someone losing their child at the yeah. same moment. And it's just like Mother's Day. My Every Mother's Day for the, my entire life was a celebration. It was exciting. It was fun. We would we get together. We have cookouts. Now Mother's Day, I am more aware of yeah. the people who've the lost their child. Who have yeah. lost or can't have or a can't kid. Have or, yeah, and and just, I, yeah. you know, we post these happy family pictures every year. And now it's this, I think, about, I, I honestly, I've thought about my mom all week because I think... It's it's just a reminder right, of right. what you've what you've lost, and it, and it is a celebration and is exciting, but it's never going to be the same. And so, I just want to be much more aware, and I want to be very purposeful in my relationships with people and helping them in their yeah. grief. Even though sometimes I feel very unqualified, I feel like, man, I should know what to do and to say. But I just <laughs> am asking God to like open my eyes to to all the hurt around me, yeah. so that um, well, yeah, you can minister to people. So much better, so much easier. Uh, maybe not easier, but at least um, you have a platform with people that you didn't have otherwise because they ha- they watch you walk through it and, and now your words have a little bit more thrust mm-hmm. and your heart has a little bit more investment into that because you know what it feels like. Mm-hmm. And those were the people that we, I felt like I cling to those people who, just like my friend, yeah. when she reached out to me, I just soaked in every word and right. everything that she sent me or encouraged me because I know she walked through it and yeah. she knows where we're at and how we're feeling. Mm-hmm. And so there's just some, some kind of like, Oh, strength you can pull from somebody that's right. been mm-hmm. through what you're going through. Well, to and this extent. is, and I would have never done this, you know, prior to Amanda passing, but I know there were so many people that reached out to me, you know, like a pastor Levi Lusco Uh, and a Bob mm -hmm. Goff who just randomly saw our story, you know, randomly providentially and reached out and said, Hey, how can I help come and hang out with me? And so, you know, a couple months ago, I'm laying in bed, scrolling through Instagram, happened to see this person that I follow on Instagram talk about while he's on tour, dropping in at a CrossFit box with a CrossFit owner named Andy, who just lost his wife in October. Mm -hmm. And he's got two boys and so immediately my heart's prompted. It's like, I need to reach out to Andy. So yeah. I reach out to this guy who doesn't even know me. <laughs> you know, I'm reaching out to this guy on Instagram who doesn't know me and saying, hey, how can I get in touch with Andy? And he goes, dude, he text me, it messaged me back. He goes, dude, the entire time we were working out, we were talking about you and your story. Mm. Come to find out, and this is how crazy God works if we would step into these things and we would open our eyes to him. Yes. But come to find out, Andy was, I think he was at least at the same church of, but I think he was in the same small group as as the rankings, as one wow. of Amanda's friends that she like grew up with, one of her best friends growing up when they lived in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I mean, it's just uh-huh. crazy uh-huh. to think about how it's crazy to think about how God is like moving, and if we if we like will lean into that, step into that, and then if if we'll allow our pain to fuel this empathy and yeah. fuel this ministry mm-hmm. into other people's lives, I, I know that's that's how I've changed a lot, and how you've changed, Mom. How would you say that you've changed? over the course of this? Well, similar to Amber. Amber, you just reminded me of a story that I have a friend who lost a daughter to cancer. And a couple years ago, she, she's she been struggling. Um, her daughter had been gone for a couple years, and she they were very tight, very close relationship. And I um, made an effort to go and make a call on her just to encourage mm. her. I wanted to go there to encourage her. And I really could not relate in that she's in this wonderful place. And if heaven is everything that God says it is, she's in this perfect place. And I just remember going over there to encourage her. Yeah. And I stayed like three or four hours and 
I remember we prayed at the end of our visit and I said to her, I cannot relate to this. I don't know the pain that you're in, but I hope that I could, I could accept it just like this and, and trust God in it mm. for the rest of my days, right? And literally, you guys, a few months later, we lost Amanda. Mm. And um, so I think for me, um, obviously, we can, we can relate to other people's pain like we never have before because yeah. it is a level of pain you cannot relate to until you experience it. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. You can empathize and you can feel for people and we've all been there. We've all been brought to tears by people's stories, but um, the pain that we have all felt, you can't feel that until yeah. you actually experience it yourself. But um, my view of the world, I've had a higher view of this world and of mankind. And I, more than ever... Um, realize how sinful and broken mm. and fallen our world is. And um, I don't know if it was denial for me or I had never really been exposed to that before, but I'm very acquainted with it now. And um, um, the battle that has gone on for me between my flesh and my spirit, I am, oh, so much more tuned into my spirit than my flesh. Yeah. I don't really care about the earthly and the fleshly like I have cared before. I don't want to care about it. Mm. Um, and I've shared openly, you know, about this perspective I have of eternal life that I've never had before because I couldn't really relate to eternal life. It was so far away. And I think we all think we're going to live forever. Mm -hmm. We're going to live until we're old and only old people die, right. you know, but, um, <clears throat> I, I just think about heaven a lot and I have this, this desire for my friends that don't know Jesus, for them to know him and just literally finding that connection and that bridge to help them open their hearts to the Lord. That is where my mind is. Yeah. I have some friends that don't know the Lord and they are on my mind all the time. Mm. And, you know, I'm praying more frequently and more fervently for them, but um, I don't know. I just, this world has, I've enjoyed it. I've, mm. in, I have loved my life. Yeah. I, I, I had a great, I had great parents. I had a great upbringing. It was positive. I've had wonderful friends and wonderful relationships my entire life. I married an amazing guy. I had three incredible children. Like my life's been like pretty rosy. Mm. And it's just, I look backwards and I'm thankful for everything I have and I'm appreciative of it. But My the seat that I sit in now is looking forward and right. It's so different. Yeah. It is just I don't even know, Davy, if I can completely put words to it, except the stuff that has so mattered to me and been so important to me. It's, it's not as it's, important. It's so yeah. light. It's trivial. And it's, it's so like, huh. trivial and temporal. And yeah. I don't care about it right. like I did. Right. And I don't, it's hard to explain because I don't even really, I, I'm still processing it all. I'm still processing the past and the present and the future. And the mm. future looks really, really small to me. Mm. It looks there's urgency, like we don't have much yeah, more like we time. Yeah, we don't have time and we've got to, yeah, that's absolutely... And I've wasted a lot of time. I've wasted mm. a lot of time, on, even in relationships. And I know relationships are the most important thing in this life, but there are, there are um, relationships that need to be developed and need to be pointed to Jesus or need to go deeper with Jesus and... I just have a, a more spiritual perspective 
on the rest of my life yeah. mm-hmm. to help people get there, to go to that next step or that next level. And I'm very thankful yeah. for that. No, that's great. And Amanda, part of it is Amanda's legacy and her life. When I, that's a lot of this is she left a residue. She right. left residual. Right. She, when I look at her entire life, she was doing everything right and everything good. And she had a strong relationship with her Lord. And she's with him now, which is what it was all about the whole time. Well, in some ways you look at in Revelation where it says there are people that um, this world was not worth them. They were not, the world was not worthy of them is what it says, right? The world was not worthy of them. I, I think about that. I'm like, that's Amanda. Like, her home was in heaven. It always yeah. has been. It always yeah. will be. And yeah, she like made home here on earth, but ultimately her soul, her heart, like it was heavenly focused in the way she interacted with people and the way she interacted with us and what her sights were set on. And absolutely, did she get distracted and encumbered by some of the things of the earth, the anxieties, the stresses, like we all do, of mm-hmm. course. Yeah. But she constantly would surrender that to the Lord. And she's with her first love, yeah. Jesus, and she's in the place that she is home. And that's us too, our... We're aliens here. We're yeah. so short. And yeah. and you're right. You begin, there's nothing like um, pain that will bring you a distaste for this earth mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. a longing for heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Where you go, man, I, I want to be there. And, and while we're here, God has us still here for a reason. And it's to take as many people with us to heaven yeah. as possible. And so when we keep that perspective, it helps to fuel us for the next. 10 years, five years, 50 years, whatever mm-hmm. it is that we're here on earth now without Amanda, because man, one day we're going to step across the threshold of those pearly gates, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, and we're going to see her and we're mm-hmm. going to see Evie and it's going to be like, wow, this was so worth it. This was so worth it, you know? So, so people versus things is yeah. bigger than ever in yeah. my life. It's so good. Well, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take a break because we want to talk about our resource of the month. So let's take a break and we'll come right back to this. So this is the portion of the podcast where we talk through um, some resources that we want to equip you with um, to help you walk through uh, your pain that you're currently experiencing or train for the trial that you're not yet in. Right. Or help somebody else. Right. Purchase this resource. Give it to somebody else. This was one of the most helpful resources for me. um, And this is the book Heaven Mm. by Randy Alcorn. Heaven by Randy Alcorn. I mean, I'm telling you, one of the things that I had trouble with when it when it came to dealing with death is like what is what does it look like what does life right. look like in heaven like what is amanda experiencing right now i think it brings me a lot of comfort to know or to at least have some idea of what the Bible says she's experiencing right yeah. now. So I think sometimes we think that our loved ones, you know, they cross over to the other side, but there's just like, so like, what does that mean? Are they floating up in heaven? Are they little cherubs now? Or they right. got like a harp and they're just sitting on a cloud? <laughs> I or, hope not. <laughs> I know. And my parents used to always say or at church, you know, it was like, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing is going to be. And the pastor would always explain it as like, it's just going to be a nonstop worship service. And I'm like, I mean, I, I, I love worship. But after about two hours, three, I'm I'm done. You'll be you know? asleep. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I can't do this. It just seems like it would get a little ad nauseum. And so this book really helped to give me a good perspective yeah. on what heaven is like. Now, Randy doesn't claim that he's gone to heaven and come back. That's not his claim. But he takes what Scripture says about heaven and hell and the afterlife, and he begins to lay out his um, speculation according to Scripture on what things are like in heaven. So it answers all kinds of really, really great great questions like, um, are we going to be able to see our loved ones in mm. heaven? And what are our bodies going to be like? Yeah. You know, How old are we going to be in heaven? Mm. And what do we do all day in heaven? I mean, just really cool things that are super helpful. And, and it shaped for me a theology of heaven, which also shapes for me an activity for life. Yeah. Right. Because theology shapes our activity. We w- what we believe determines what we how we behave. So what I believe about what's to come is going to help shape what I do in the here and now. Right. I think this is just such a great great resource. And so you can go to davyblackburn.com, scroll down to the bottom, resources. We've got a link right there. It's super easy and convenient for you to purchase Heaven right there on the website. 
And uh, that's the resource for the month. Let's jump back into the podcast. Welcome back. We're continuing our conversation with Amber and mom, Robin. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just see, this is what we talked about with dad too. It's like everybody, they're like, don't you call her Robin? No, I call her mom. She's my mom. Thank you. you. Thank you. Um, So Amber and mom, you can call her mom too, or you can call her Robin. She's mom to all of us. Um, Let's talk about this because we, you know, Amber, you've got three kids of your own. Mm -hmm. We've got Weston. You guys... You know, Weston now has lots of moms, and you two are very, very instrumental in that. You're two of his greatest, the greatest moms in his life. And um, everybody's trying to fill that void for him. And we're also, at the same time, trying to help all of our kids, grandkids, understand what happened. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really difficult, right? You've got Audrey, who's how old? How old is Audrey now? She's almost six. She's almost six. So she's asking lots of big mm-hmm. questions. She just gave her heart to Jesus, and she's getting baptized soon, right? Woo-hoo. So. So she's asking big questions about life and death and eternity and what, where's Aunt Amanda and, you know, all the way from the spectrum of like crew, who's what, a year old (laughs) and and he doesn't understand or doesn't know right now. And then Weston, who was 15 months when it happened, now is nearing three. He'll turn three in July. And so it's like, how do we help these kids understand life, death, what happened, have an eternal perspective, because the, the earlier that we can pour that in and invest that into them, the greater they're going to have this perspective as they go through life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that a little bit, because this is a challenge for us, for all of us. I'm sure there's a challenge to a lot of listeners out there. How do you take the big things of God and put them into this little small mind? Mm. I do remember something that happened months ago. I remember the first time, you know, Weston knew Amanda in every picture in mm. all of our houses, right? And he would point her out. And I remember um, one of the first few times that I was with him, tucking him in one night and following Davy's regimen, you know, of um, praying with him and singing with him before bed. I was doing that. And um, I know you always prayed for mommy and mm you know, ask mommy, ask Jesus to give mommy a hug. And so I would do the same thing. And I remember this certain night, he said, mommy's with Jesus. Mm. And it, whew. Mm. And I remember walking away from the bedroom that night and thinking, wow, Davey, wow. The more acquainted Weston becomes with Jesus, the more he's going to know about his mom and heaven and eternity. And that just was the beginning for me of this is of, of reality, right? That uh, mommy's in heaven. She's not here on earth, but um, what was the question? Well, yeah. And I mean, the question is how do we walk him as he's starting to ask a lot of big questions? Cause frankly, as he gets older, the questions, and especially as he starts school, where Mm -hmm. people in his school are going to know about the story. And before Mm -hmm. he even finds out in that way, I'm going to have to walk him through some things. Those Mm -hmm. conversations terrify Mm -hmm. me to -hmm. think about how am I going to explain this to my son, what happened to his mom, Mm -hmm. and how am I going to help him not grow bitter or angry or resentful toward the men who did this and toward toward God. Mm-hmm. You know, so how do I paint Jesus in this light that is who he truly is and show him that Jesus is good, he's loving, he wants good things for his kids, but it looks like he took your mom from you. You know, how do, how do we walk? Because that's a tough thing. You know, I, and I remember um, my assistant, Megan, at some point in the whole process of me telling him, hey, mommy's with Jesus, mommy's with Jesus in heaven, that kind of thing. She comes to me, she goes, hey, maybe you should also talk to Weston about other things about Jesus. I was like, what do you mean? She said, try to figure out how to paint for him the goodness of Jesus, the, mm-hmm. like why, why he's good to us. And so now this is the question I ask him. Hey, buddy, who made the trees? Jesus. Now, at first, when I first asked that question, he said, Mommy. He got a little <laughs> bit confused because he's trying to oh. put this. But now he knows Jesus made the trees. Who made the sky? Jesus. Who gave us this really warm weather? This is awesome. Jesus. That's who makes great, the leaves Katie. turn colors? Jesus. Mm. Who gave us this house? Jesus, who gave us, you know, X, Y, and Z, everything that we have in our hands, it comes from Jesus. He gives us good things too, buddy. And so um, that's one of the things I'm trying to do right now. But again, as he walks through this, we're going to have a task on our hands. How do we, how do we wrestle through this? It's been really, it's been really interesting, especially with Weston, um, because I remember 
when everything happened, it was a Friday. And I remember he was staying with me and mom, papa, and we were all staying there together. And so I think we were downstairs and Weston had already gone to bed and we heard him crying. So I'm like, I'm just going to go up. Um, so I went upstairs and he was just sleeping in a pack and play in mama's off the mama papa's office. And I just picked him up and held him. And he just, I remember like just the comfort I took in just like holding him. And I didn't know what else to do because I was so broken. And so I just sang that song that you guys always used to sing to him. Touch your finger to your nose. And at first, for some reason, I thought that song was like a, but it says, and say to the Lord, I love you. And so it was so, I don't know inspirational somehow I was singing this little song that Amanda used to sing to him Mm -hmm. I'm holding him she's gone and I'm saying and say to the Lord I love you and I'm trying to like you know hold it together but in essence that is kind of what I think we want for Weston is that think I'm so thankful because I even remember walking in to your grandparents house after Mm -hmm. all this happened and we were kind of like hanging out there eating food and, and I remember walking in and Weston like got up and he like looked at me like, Aunt Amber, what, you know, but, and I could tell he was like waiting for Amanda to come yeah. in. It was almost like, mm-hmm. okay, where's now, where's my mom? Like for real, you guys, yeah. where's my mom? Cause I haven't seen her. And so, um, it, the, the neatest thing for me was a couple weeks ago, I was at Mama's mm. and I don't know why, but I was there by myself. So I didn't have my kids and Weston was sleeping upstairs and he like, cried out for something. And I was like, oh, I'll go get him. You know? So I went up there and he was complaining about something. It wasn't even anything like, you know, <laughs> that he needed, but I said, can I sing you a song? And he was like, yeah. So I said, guess what? I'm going to sing you a song that your mommy always used to sing to you. So I just got to sing it. And it was the same thing. Like we talk about, you look back and I said, oh my word, there was a time when I couldn't even get the words out, but like just talking to him and keeping Amanda alive. Like yeah. I talked to him all the time about, it's, it's not as consistent as I thought it would be, but it's the same. He doesn't quite, he, he understands, but of course he doesn't have a clue as to what right. exactly happened. But um, like when we bake chocolate chip cookies, we talk about how, yeah. guess what? Your mom made the best chocolate mm. chip cookies. And even Audrey and Reagan, they chime in and tell him all kinds of things about their Aunt Amanda. And Audrey the other day was like, can you say Aunt Amanda? Because that's your mommy's name. <laughs> and so we just, it's been neat to like, be able to do that with my girls. Yeah. And for me, it's just really, really been an incredible experience having children mm-hmm. and teaching them about grief. I've never, I don't know if I would have ever known what to say or how to say it, but somehow they have come alongside of me mm-hmm. like they're my little best friends. Yeah. And like, so they have not only helped and comforted me through this, but I've been able to have the most incredible conversations. Yeah. I can't even explain it because. At the time, Reagan was two and a half. Mm-hmm. Audrey was four and a half. Rowan was six months old. Um, and so they're very aware of, of what happened. Reagan, not as much. She was a little bit younger. But um, the morning that it happened, I remember leaving the house. And I have no idea what was said because we were like, I was just panicking. And I'm calling Gavin and I'm telling him things over the phone about her being shot and you know things that I don't know if I'd ever say in front I've never say in front of my kids but I didn't even know who was around I didn't really care and I remember Audrey just running up to me and I was sitting on the couch and I was like we were trying to get out of the house and she just was hugging me and she said mom what happened and I said you just have to pray for Aunt Amanda like you just have to pray she's gonna be okay and I remember walking through the living room and Reagan's like on her iPad she's like see you mom Bye, mom. Hmm. And I remember like even just looking back thinking like how unaware she yeah. was and kind of like Weston, he just, it hit him one day yeah. and he was just, he, one unaware. day his mommy just never came back, yeah. you know? And, but because of that and because of like what has happened, especially Audrey and I, we have sat down and had like very purposeful, yeah. meaningful conversations about death, about obviously heaven but that has led into this conversations about salvation that yeah. I don't know for a, f- I don't, I want to say I would have had these conversations with my kids, but I don't know if I would have had a conversation with Reagan at two yeah. or three about what Jesus is doing. I know I've talked to them about what he's done for us, but like, it's a very real concept yeah. because they have 
their aunt Amanda is in heaven. So they want to know about heaven. They want to know about how do we get there and how do we, I want to spend forever with Jesus. So the, the, the thing for me, um, and we kind of talked about this mom, um, it has been a great opportunity for me to teach them, um, and to have conversations with them about who God is, um, at a very young Mm -hmm. age, Mm -hmm. um, and to talk about his character Mm -hmm. and, um, exposing them to like who he is and things in a very real way that I don't know if I, if I would have. Um, and so a couple weeks ago, Audrey and I were just sitting, um, and they want to, they want to hear stories about Aunt Amanda and, and how our life growing up and when we were kids and what all these stories of things Uh we did. So every night I tell them a story and, um, we got on the topic of salvation and about how Amanda gave her heart to Jesus and Mm -hmm. how she did that. And it led into this incredible conversation about, about um, just going to heaven. And mm. it was the coolest thing. She did not get saved that night. I thought she was so close and I thought she would. But then her and Gavin sat down the next night and talked through it all. And she said, Dad, I really am ready to give my heart to Jesus. Mm. And I truly believe she is. I was always skeptical about little kids. Right. <laughs> but um, I credit so much of that to Amanda. And that's just something mm. I wish I could tell her. But yet... <laughs> You know, if they're really having a party up in heaven every time someone gets saved, right? Then she knows. Yeah, and exactly. So, um, well, and I think that what's what's really cool is you know, kids are. It, it amazes me this they're sponges, mm-hmm. like how formidable their little minds are, and so they you know tell you, hey, hey you can teach a foreign language to a three year old, and they'll yeah, they'll start yeah. getting it, they'll start picking up on it really oh, fast. No. I mean, <laughs> Weston Weston picks up on these songs super fast. Like, what if we were able to teach these kids at this early age, how good Jesus is, the goodness mm. of the Lord and how, what it means to follow him, what it means to give your life, you know, to him and your mm-hmm. heart to him. And they're so, they're sponges, they're formidable and, you know, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from yeah. it. And I think, you know, with Jesus, he said, he said th- that unless you enter the, the kingdom as one of these and pointed to these kids with childlike faith, that just accepts it. For them, they're like, oh, heaven, it might as well be Disney World. Right. You know, it might as well be. They, they don't have any, it's like, right. I want to go there. I want to be with Jesus. Jesus, you know, is amazing and awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and, and of course, as you go through life, you can get really jaded and hurt and you can get really, the life can kind of kick, kick the life out of you. Um, but, but they'll have this bedrock of truth that's been instilled into them. And they've watched, they've watched our family walk through this, through the whole thing. And more is caught than taught. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we can, yeah, we need to sit down and teach, but really one of the best ways I think we can parent mm-hmm. is just by following Jesus through live this it thing, out in front of live them. it out and then have it step into those conversations when we're supposed to have those conversations in the, in the age appropriate way. And, you know, I don't know what that looks like. I think we're all trying to navigate that. We're not experts on it. We'll let you know, listeners, when, <laughs> when we're on the other side of it and what that looks like. Yeah. I thought about writing a um, a children's book for mm-hmm. Weston. Like, what would it look like, you know, for wow. me to explain nothing is wasted, you know, with, with nothing is wasted, the, the book coming out. What would it look like for me to explain that to Weston? Like in a picture children's wow. book. So he gets heaven and he gets, what you know, what it means to to see God do something really great out of something really tragic and um, I don't know. So if you're listening out there and you would like a children's book, help help me in my insecurity right now and feed that, <laughs> feed that back to me. <laughs> Let me know. Email me. Say, hey, please write the children's book because I am terrified to like try to even tackle that. But um, I just think it's really, really important. And if you guys have any suggestions as to how we walk through this with our kids, uh, maybe some stuff that you've gone through, we'd love to hear about it from you. The, the last thing I want to talk about, we've got this question that's been asked of us. I think we could talk about this for a while, but this I think will be super helpful. And I just wrote a blog post on this. You can go and read the blog post um, on the website. But um, people want to know, okay, how can I help someone who's going through loss? Because I think we all have that moment where we are walking across the room, we're, we're about to walk toward somebody or go talk to somebody who's just experienced loss, and you're searching for the words to say. You have no idea what to say. You're like, what, what do I do? What do I say right here? What do I, everybody has this. And I have this too still, even though I feel like I should be the expert at this. Um, we all have this moment. So what are some things for us that were helpful that people did for us? And what are some things that like, you know, weren't necessarily helpful, like 
you know, we, we talk about a lot that, that we're so grateful that everybody's intention was to help. And we're so grateful. For that. I mean, that meant the world to us. But if we're walking people through practically, what really does help somebody in this situation? How would you advise people on that? How would you advise what really does help? I think that, you know, I received something different from everyone. And mm. some people did not have words. They mm. did not know what to say. And I understand that. Yeah. I really do. However, there were people who didn't know what to say, but they would come to me and say, Robin, I don't know what to say, mm. but I love you. Mm. I'm praying for you. And they would wrap their arms of love around me. I mean, from some people, it was affection. From some yeah. people, it was words. Mm -hmm. Sometimes nothing profound. I didn't need anything profound. I really didn't know what to think either at the time. Yeah. I wasn't looking for an answer. But the encouragement of from people um, that just kind of showed up mm. and wanted to be with me or near me, they actually wanted to talk about it. I think um, <clears throat> most people don't want to bring it up because they really think it's going to cause me to be emotional or I might cry and yeah. I'm having a good day. And there are a few... And sometimes they'll just avoid it at all costs. Mm -hmm. They'll talk about other things. They're like, hey, so uh, how about the Colts? You know, and you're like, I'm not thinking about the Colts right now. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. I appreciate the fact that you're trying to step into a conversation right now, but and it's for, okay to talk about it. You for know? my personality, talking yeah. is very therapeutic for me. So the people that would say to me, just, how are you? Yeah. How are you doing? Man, there were days they probably didn't want to hear all they had to hear, but it was, I got it out. Yeah. I got it out. And I really honestly can tell you that has aided in my healing um, because I really am not the type to hold things in. I have to talk to somebody, whether it's Phil or Amber or a friend. So the people that were brave enough to say, how are you doing? Mm. Or how is Davy doing? Or how is Weston doing? Or Amber? Or James? I could tell them. Right. And I, I really like to talk about Amanda. Yeah. Especially in the beginning. It was just, it was such an overwhelming emotion that was inside of me that really had to get out. I yeah. had to get it out. Some people cry, some people talk, some people, you know, everyone deals with it differently. But um, I just really have grown to appreciate that. And I had, I still, okay, it's been a year and a half and I have a few people that have faithfully and consistently touched down with me to yeah. check mm -hmm. up on me. Yeah. And I think a, a consistent checkup, because I have said to people, I'm, I'm doing okay. There are days I really don't want to go there, and I'm okay. Yeah. There are other days I really needed to, to talk. Right. So just giving um, the person the opportunity to share with you. I think I heard Davey say this in the very beginning, um, when you, I, I think I asked you one time or we were talking about how you were doing and you go, I'm thinking about it 24 hours a day. <laughs> so, you know, to not say anything, right. I'm, I'm there. I'm, yeah, I'm and talking about I could time. relate yeah. to that, Davey. I remember thinking, no kidding, like, you know, every 20 seconds it's there. Right. So people ministered to me that the people that checked up on me right. and wanted to be near me, wanted to be with me, um, and wanted to truly know how I was doing, that ministered to me. Yeah, yeah. And, it, you know, <clears throat> so mom's going to be embarrassed that we talk about this, but Amber and I talk about this a little bit um, because there are some things that, you know, people did for us. And, again, here's the thing. We appreciate anybody doing anything for us, like, I have to make that yeah. overarching statement. The people, the fact that people would like 
reach out to us and be sentimental in those things and say, hey, I'm praying for you or just making a gesture or a thought like that means the world to us, means the world. Mm -hmm. And so, but if I were to, if you were to sit down and ask me, hey, Davey, what were the things that were helpful and what were the things that Mm -hmm. just weren't helpful? If we're just like point blank, what were those things? You know, we got stuff sent to us like crazy, all kinds of stuff. I mean, you name it, if you could ship it, it, it arrived at our house, everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it was um, angels and memorabilia and frames with scripture verses on it and lava lamps and, you know, wow. uh, wind chimes and all kinds of different things that were shipped to all of us in lots of different ways. And, I, you know, like those things, those were fantastic gestures, fantastic gestures. We absolutely 100% appreciate it because I think just the idea of somebody sending things to us thinking about us means the world to us. But I'll tell you, the most practical things, the most Mm -hmm. helpful things for us, right, on the spectrum of being helpful were things like gift cards and diapers and wipes Mm -hmm. and cash, (laughs) you know, like, um, and because we... Oh, those are real needs. Those things are real real needs. needs. Like the last, so, you know, oftentimes the stuff that gets sent to you becomes clutter. And that's the last thing that you want. If I'm being helpful to you as a listener, if you've got somebody walking through this in life right now, um, and you're and you're tempted to go, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna find something sentimental. I'm gonna find some figurine or something that's really, like, think for a second and and just put pause on that because the reality is is the last thing this person needs in their life is clutter. These things can often become. Uh, you know, put in their put in somebody's closet or like regifted or and so what we what we want to do is help you in the sense of saying, hey, um, this what is the real need here? Mm-hmm. And if you ask the person who just experienced loss what their real need is, they probably won't know because that question was asked to me mm-hmm. a lot. Hey, what do you need? Or let me know if there's anything you need. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Let me know if there's anything you need. And so I uh, um, I didn't know that. I didn't know what I needed, but people around me knew. So when like Suzanne and her team came in and they're like, yeah. hey, we're going to bring coffee. We're going to bring breakfast. What do you want this f- funeral service to look like? We're going to take that. We're going to run with it. We're going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. When, you know, Incredible. there were some folks from my from the Greenville campus at New Spring that came in and they were like, hey, we're going to bring coffee. We're going to bring breakfast. Like, And they started asking people around me what I needed. And then they just brought it. I was like, oh my gosh. And, mm-hmm. um, and, I, and I frankly don't remember who... I don't remember what people said to me in those times, but I remember who was there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember who showed up because mm-hmm. the people who were there were the people that they really cared. They cared enough to journey this with me and to step into it with me. And so I think oftentimes we have this tendency to feel the pressure to say something poignant or powerful or like perspective shifting or whatever in that moment to provide answers for that person. And it's like, no, you don't, don't worry about what you have to say. Just be there. And like what you said, mom, just come. Hey, I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to say, but I love you mm-hmm. and I care about you. And notes, I kept every note, every single note that was sent to me. If it was a personal note, I did too. Handwritten, I have me it in too. a shoebox and I kept it. So because in the, the, some of those powerful ones were, I don't know what to say, but I am praying for you and I love you mm-hmm. and I'm here for you. And it's just like those were the things that were super powerful and sentimental to me is when they practically stepped in, they provided yeah. gift cards and sometimes a meal's not very practical. You know, it, it can be, that's what you need to ask the person who's there is like, Hey, can we do a meal train? Can we, because sometimes you're like doing other things and you're not. And so you food can become clutter. Food can become clutter. <laughs> like piles up in your refrigerator, you know? And so yeah. I think the most important thing is to ask like, Hey, what do they need? And how can we step in, step up and meet this need? And maybe ask their family. Right. Right. Because you know, we were tuned in to Davy and Weston, very tuned in. We could have answered that question yeah. for people. Um, I, I remember a couple in my church. This was, this was several months after the fact, after mm-hmm. Amanda passed away. And on a Sunday morning, his wife came up to me and she says, my husband does not know what to say to you, but he's going to come and talk to you today. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, you know, and I, I didn't know them super well, but this gentleman came up to me and he said nothing. Mm-hmm. He grabbed me and he hugged me mm-hmm. and I could tell he did not know what to say, yeah. but his hug was so meaningful because I, he waited 
he waited until he was ready to come to me. He was so right. emotional he couldn't. Right. And um, I just, that meant so much to yeah. me. And he said nothing. Yeah. He just gave me a big hug. Mm. So. Yeah. I remember one of the coolest things was we got a, um, a gift package like six months or, or more later of just practical things for me and Weston. Mm-hmm. And it was from a good friend of mine. And they were like everything from, you know, just different toys or books for Weston in there and just things that I wouldn't think about, you know, yep. different and socks and whatever. But then it was like golf balls for me because I knew I loved golf, you know. It was mm. like our favorite candy, um, gift cards. You know, it was just like some of these really practical, tangible needs. And and so I think, you know, if I were advising somebody, um, first of all, don't avoid it. Don't don't like avoid that person because you don't know what to say. It's okay. You Nobody knows what to say. So go up, give them a hug. Tell them you love them. Tell them you don't know what to say. Tell them you're here for them. And, um, and then... Ask the person, ask someone in their life, what can I do for them? Mm -hmm. Because maybe it's mowing their yard for, maybe it's paying for house cleaning for, you know, a couple weeks or something so that they don't have to think about that. You know, maybe it's just whatever the most practical thing that you can do so they can just kind of deal, like deal with grief and that's it. They don't have to worry about all the other stuff going on. You know what, Davey? I came home one day. This was, this was just a couple weeks after Amanda passed away. And Phil and I were just, we were low in spirit that day. It was on a Friday. We had kind of run away for the day just to get out of town. And we came home and there was a car parked um, on the side of our house. And when we got in the house, somebody was in our backyard. And it was a lady and her son. And Phil said, do you know who that is? And I looked out and I'm like, no. And I'm like, you go talk to him. And he goes, oh, it's a lady. You should go talk to her. And I'm like, okay. So I, we actually both went out to talk to her and it was a neighbor that we do not know. She lives two blocks away from us. And she just said, they were raking leaves in our backyard. (laughs) And she just said, I wanted to do something. And so we're going to, rake your leaves and we're taking your pumpkins away. Wow. I had a bench out in my woods filled with pumpkins and she was going to the dump. So she took some leaves and took my pumpkins away. Okay. Well, since then, and we had a mutual friend and we have some good friends that are good friends with her family and Amber's neighbors with them. And anyway, since then, We've become friends, yeah. and she is actually hosting your cousin for the summer. Oh wow! It was kind of a that's so cool Facebook yeah. homepage. I for an thing. internship. Yeah, yeah, he's doing an internship in South Bend, and she is letting him live with her for the summer. So God is just so amazing how he these connections happen through tragedy. Yeah, yeah. I love her, right. and I don't even know her that well, but I enjoy every minute that I'm with her. And, um, but that, what a, she didn't know us. Yeah. She wanted to do something and she shows up and she found her own thing to do. Right. And we had pumpkins that were rotting in our backyard right. because we weren't even thinking about the pumpkins. Yeah. So that was cool. Yeah. And, and please, if you're listening to this and I'll just say this, if you happen to send a frame or you happen to send a memorabilia or you happen to, I'm telling you, we are so unbelievably grateful for that because the gesture of that is amazing. But if, if we're going to provide helpful advice for you, this is what I would say. I would say next time, take a little bit of extra time and go, okay, what can I, what's a tangible need that I can meet? What's a tangible need that I can fill? Cause I'm doing this now I'm going, okay, man, normally I probably would have just like gone to Hallmark or, you know, whatever, gone to the grocery store, grab something that was just like grief related and like, whoop, there it mm-hmm. is, send it to him because it's easy. It's quick. It can just, you know, but it's not very, it's not necessarily helpful. And we want to be helpful to people when we're ministering to them, especially in this tragedy, especially in trial. And so, you know, if we can put ourselves out there and be like, and, and risk, risk the fact that somebody's not going to be happy about the fact that we just said that or risk the fact, but, but really provide helpful advice for you as you're helping mm-hmm. somebody else in their tragedy. It's going to mean the world to them if you mm-hmm. do something practical for them. I'm going to tell you, it's going to lift the burden mm-hmm. that they're already feeling um, so that they can just step into the burden of grief because that's already weighty enough. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be different for every family. Everybody. You know, we Sometimes you just have a lot of company. Yeah. And, you know, you have to feed those people. They've come in from all over. 
So I think yeah, you at mentioned, our grandparents' house, yeah. my grandparents' house. I mean, everybody that was headquarters for us, and yeah. so a, a church basically said, "We're going to yes. feed everybody there." Is that the need? Yes, we'll just provide right. meals all the time. And, and that your was grandma's huge. church yeah. fed us for three or four days. It was major. That was so big. We didn't have to think about that. We could just be together as a family. I think gift cards were super practical. Yeah, I remember um, a life group at Christmas time brought us a little Christmas tree. And it was filled with gift cards. Wow. So like one was for gas, um, several restaurant. There were a couple other really practical ones that I, sh- if Sometimes I thought about it. groceries, Target, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, at a time of loss, there are extra expenses yeah. that come. Yeah. And things people don't even think about. Right. Um, you're out of town. So like we, you know, we're in a hotel for a week and, you know, just things that happen that you, it's, it takes real cash to take care of those things. So I think gift cards help a lot um, because you can put them in your back pocket for a happy day, for a sad day. You can can bless other people with it. You can bless others. You can take people with you to eat and it doesn't cost you an arm and a leg. So I thought that was really one of the most practical, thoughtful things that we receive. Right. And there's some people out there, you have resources, you have means, and you can bless some people in big ways. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had, I had a friend of mine who called me up and said, Hey, I want to take you and your two brother-in-laws on a golfing trip. I'm paying for everything. I'm like, seriously? That's amazing. That was so good for us to get away and go play golf for a couple days. Good therapy for you. We had someone who said, Hey, we got a vacation home in Seaside. Mm. Use it for free. Mm. And the amount of investment, I mean, Mm. the dollar amount of investment that this family made into our family so we could have a healing week on the beach. Unbelievable. The emotional investment. Mm. I mean, it was was just unbelievable. The practical ways that people said, Hey, we're with you. We're here walking through this with you. And so I want to I want to just I want to challenge you and inspire you to do something really practical to help people as they walk and through they this. And they did not know us, Davey. Didn't know us. They did not they know us. They knew us through somebody else. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, man, mm-hmm. that was just so so cool. And you have no idea how much that lifts you. And that really helps you walk through this cuz you cuz that those are ways that God shows you, "Hey, I'm in this." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he he shows up through his word, through the Holy Spirit, oftentimes he shows up through other people. And what did we do all week long that week? We were circled up Yep. on the beach. It was either the girls or I remember seeing you guys like circled up every day yeah. in a circle standing there talking, yeah. which it was so good. It was so good. A whole week just getting away with I the whole family. Know. It was so great. So which amazing. we might never have right. done or have been able to afford, or, you know... Well, we might not have even known. We didn't even know we needed that at the time. But I remember at the end of the week, all of us saying, oh, that was so filling just to be together. All of us in the same house. So amazing. So amazing. So again, hear us say this. Out of love, we so appreciate everybody. Mm -hmm. Everybody. That's right. Everybody. Because it was just huge to know that people were reaching out to us. But be helpful with it. Be practical with it. As you walk through this, I know I'm going to change the way I think about how mm-hmm. I help other people in grief. And it doesn't necessarily mean I have to think of the right words to say. That's my temptation because I'm the pastor who's supposed to know the right words to say. Mm-hmm. It's not, doesn't matter. What matters to, to them is that I'm there, that I care, that I'm present, and that I'm walking in it with them. And I'm finding out what needs, what needs can I meet Absolutely. in your life and journey this thing with you for the long haul, you know? Um, those continual reaching out, asking, how are you? How are you today? Yeah. Yes. How are you doing today? Because it's different yes. than yesterday. It'll be different than tomorrow. Absolutely. How are you today? You know, I think that's so good. So, well, and if God lays it on your heart too, I would say there's a reason and to go for it because right. I through. have a friend who I don't know her. I've never met her. I don't even know if I'd recognize her if I saw her out, but she lives by me and she's been sending me. So many people have done this for me, and this is probably the most impactful thing for me, but she's been sending me cards on like days that she knows Mm -hmm. maybe will be hard. Like Easter, she read that I loved, Amanda and I loved Easter candy, and we looked forward to it like all year. So on Easter Sunday, since, you know, (laughs) they deliver mail now on Sundays, I got a pack of robin eggs and some Easter candy and this most beautiful card, and it came on like the hardest, I don't know why Easter was so hard for me this year, but it was, and it came on the most perfect day. Yeah. And then Davey and I talked last week, we just had a really, I had the a really hard couple days. And she said, I remember I got this a card from her 
And it said, I feel like you just need like another Amanda day. So mm. she sent me a Starbucks gift card and said, go just have a cup of coffee like you and Amanda would have had. And it impacted me so much. And I messaged her to tell her that. And she was like, it's so funny because I can't believe that it would have come on the day that right. you exactly on the day you needed it. And right. so for me, if the Holy Spirit says, send this person this or send them, send it to them today, yeah. um, mm-hmm. do it because yeah. God will literally, he could use someone you don't even know that's right. to impact you more than people that are your best friend or right. someone that's closest to you. Um, and we've all had strangers minister right. to yeah. us, right? right? Yeah, that's it's, so good. It's just overwhelming. Amber, that's really good because I pulled up to my mailbox just yesterday mm-hmm. and there was a card in there with a purple envelope and I pulled it out and it was a Mother's Day card from a lady in my church. Mm. And I thought to myself, how thoughtful. Right. Like mm-hmm. she's thinking about Robin Byers right. on Mother's Day. This is, you know, a year and a half down the road. And it was this, it was a beautiful card. I know what she... And she has, she has been one of those people that has literally every so often, she's like, how can I pray for you? Yeah. yeah. How specifically wow. can I pray for you? That's awesome. It is. It's so good. Guys, that concludes our time though. Thank you so much for being on the Nothing Is Wasted podcast with me. This is awesome. We should do this again. I feel like we have- We could talk for hours. Billion things we could talk about. <laughs> just sit around a living room with microphones mm-hmm. in our face and just talk. This is what happens when you get the three of us together. We went shopping the other day and we're just- <laughs> Just gab, gab, gabbing. It's the oh, good life. It's so good. It's so good. So thank you guys for being with us. Mm-hmm. Next time you guys join us on Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Man, I did not want that interview to fi- to finish. Me I didn't want it to end. It was awesome. <laughs> I could listen to them all day. <laughs> we, we went for a long time too. I was like looking at the clock. I was like, no, we're just going to keep going because this is just way too good. Yeah, this is just way too good. Absolutely it is. And so, I mean, is there anything you took out of that that was... Yeah, I think uh, the thing that I'm going to take away the most from it um, is just validation of how I'm feeling, which sounds kind of strange. But I think oftentimes um, we beat ourselves up for how we're feeling. Right. Um, Almost like shame. It's like you're not supposed to. You're a Christian. You're supposed to (laughs) put on a, you know, happy face. Yeah. No, no, no. Like my joy comes in the Lord. Like, yeah, I know. And it really, really does. But life also happens, right? Right. Joy Um, is not the same thing as happiness. Yeah. So I think to hear these women who are pursuing hard after Jesus Mm. um, and hearing like how they're actually feeling um just as like encouragement right right absolutely and you know we had we had a question that somebody asked and it was so timely that they asked this question Mm -hmm. someone asked are we setting up some kind of a scholarship fund for amanda and her honor and actually what's really cool is you know robin mom has been the spearhead behind this um amanda used to take weston and all the other moms and amber when she was down here used to take uh the kids to this indoor play park Traders Point yeah. Christian Church, right? Yeah. And so they'd go and they'd play in the indoor play park. And so um, one of the things we thought would be really cool is on the site on of First Baptist Elkhart mm-hmm. is to eventually build like an indoor play park wow. for moms in that community. And so we actually set up a foundation in right. honor of Amanda, a legacy fund, so to speak. And, um, and, and so we're just trying to get this thing going. It's mm-hmm. kind of cool. And mom's kind of spreading the word about this. She's been on the news talking about this, about how can we create a, a place for connection, a place of, of safety where kids can come together and they can play of yeah. all walks of life, of all backgrounds, of all ethnicities. And they so can come cool. together. Yeah. On this, on this church's, um, this church's land and, and just, get to know each other, and then ultimately get to know Jesus. I think it's really cool. And so if you're interested in finding out more about that legacy fund and uh, helping out in the process of that, it's it's set up underneath the Community Foundation of Elkhart County, which is inspiringgood.org, inspiringgood.org. And actually Amanda's legacy fund is called the Amanda Byers Blackburn Legacy Fund. Okay. Again, Amanda Byers Blackburn Legacy Fund. You can go to inspiringgood.org, find out more information about that and how maybe you can be a part of helping us get this thing going. I think it would be a really, really cool thing. And uh, thanks so much for listening today. We definitely want to hear your feedback. We'd love to hear questions from you. Yeah. Email us at hello at resonateindy.com. We always love hearing people's story. Mm-hmm. If you have any questions, we'd love to answer those on the podcast. And um, help us out. We would love to get this in as many hands as possible. And it helps when you go and rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Yeah. And so rate that. And this thing begins to spread out to other people. Share it. 
uh, share it on Facebook, text message it to somebody, email it to somebody. Uh, we just want to be helpful as you're learning how to live, learn, and lead through your pain. Um, that's all the time we have for today. I'm excited about the interview next time. Yes, me too. Cannot wait, literally. It, it's, I mean, guys, you do not want to miss this one. No. It's going to be awesome. So why don't you just listen to a little preview from this next episode. You know, if I'm sitting here having a conversation with God, yeah, exactly. <laughs> all you angry, and God are having and, you know, a cup of coffee. Yeah, we're having Nobody a cup of coffee, and my my arms are crossed. God's you know? reputation is on the line right, right now. Yeah, listen like, up. So I'm like, we're going toe to toe. Going toe to toe with the Lord. You know, being Job here. Yep. Here but, it is. But uh, all right, Lord, listen. So Andrew and I did X, Y, and Z, and we did exactly how you asked. Mm -hmm. We even walked through this hard journey that you know that that we were asked to, yeah. and we did it as well as we could. We pointed to you every step of the way, very publicly. Like yeah. we did everything we could. And look at my and life now. I am a widow at you know now twenty six. Mm -hmm. So tell me how that's fair. Mm -hmm. Tell me how doing things your way has given me this life of abundance wow. because it doesn't feel like a life of abundance. It wow. feels like the total opposite of that. So now, you know, I certainly wrestle with this. Okay, so that didn't work out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there there is certainly that temptation to be like, all right, well, then let's do it a different way. Well, yeah. Because if we're going to be authentic, we're going to be transparent. Yep. Okay, well, screw it. Yep, 100%. You know? Yep. Let's let's go this way. Let's yep. go a different way. Let's, mm -hmm. let's do things my way because exactly. I, I did things your way, God. And look where it got me. you didn't yeah. come through. Right. And even, and yeah. even, you know, taking it a step further, in my head, it's like, okay, let's say I do things my way. And even because I do know truth, right. um, I know that it might not end up the best way. It's like, A, part of me feels like it's not so well, not going to hurt. It's this. not going to hurt any worse than that. Yeah. Um, and B, if it does, it does. 